Hello, friends, and welcome to Weinfeld, the podcast with taste. This is episode 10, and I'm your host, and I was Tyler Durden the whole time. It is solidly into the month of October, so you know what that means. Winter squash, a.k.a. hard squash, a.k.a. some other term for that type of vegetable. So many different kinds of squash, it's almost disturbing, so check it out if that's your jam. My guest this episode is calling in all the way from the West Coast in Oregon. It is my friend Annie. Annie, what's good? Hi, what's up? How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling pretty regular for drinking wine at noon. Yeah, I was going to say, um, it's still <laughs> kind of the morning over where you are. and you, Yeah, it kind of technically is. You agreed to drink with me without hesitation. Do you think you might have a problem? Um, I don't know. Keep your eye on me. <laughs> I, I will do that. I'll, well, I'll keep an ear out anyway. Okay, I'm not opposed to having a drink with lunch. Yeah, you know what? You have the day off, right? So do what you want. Yeah, I'll do it. Do what you want with your body. <laughs> That's what days off are for. Yep. Well, I have a few listener questions again this episode. This is we did this last episode, and I thought it was fun. And I like being able to interact with all my many numerous fans. So, <laughs> Annie, what do you say to opening up with some listener questions? I am so down. Hit me up. All right. Let's see what I've got this week. <laughs> all right. So, we'll start off with a question from our friend Requisite Monocle. And he would like to know, what is your ideal date? Um, I still don't have a good answer for this, even though I've thought about it. <laughs> um, I am quite boring, I guess. And I don't date that much. I don't know. I'm more of like a chilling out with someone kind of person. I had a dream last night that I was on a date where we went on a scavenger hunt and I found like Hundreds and hundreds of $10 bills. Whoa! That would be my dream date. <laughs> literally. That's stupid. Uh, I mean, that literally did happen. And I, I, like, pocketed some of it in my dream, and then I felt really bad, like, uh-oh, did I just steal this, or was it up for grabs? You pocketed some of it. Yeah, I mean, it was, in the, in the dream, it was all, like, freshly pressed, like, super smooth, minted, $10 bill. Ooh. And they were like in a pile underneath a bush. One time, like maybe two years ago ish, I went to an ATM. It was like a gross, weird ATM in a gross, weird, like convenience store. And That's where all the best stories start. <laughs> I went to go, I went to take out like $20. And then once it spit out my money, I reached in, and there was $60 left over from someone who had just, like, left the money in there. Oh, my God. And I looked around, and there was no one in there but the one guy working at the counter, and I was like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I would have taken that 
It's mine sure. now. Yeah, if I didn't take it, someone else is going to. So, yeah. What am I gonna do? Be like, hey, register man. Somebody <laughs> might have left this accidentally. Can you store this money for someone? Yeah, like yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm a bad person, but no, I think I would definitely do that. No hesitation. Also, I I was very broke at the time. Like somehow even more broke than I am currently so yeah like and I, I also feel like I've left so many things places and just been dumb and forgotten them and other people have taken them that I deserve to take <laughs> things that people have left and will never come back to pick up yeah. I've gotten t-shirts that way huh I that's the only time I can think of that I've ever found something that was genuinely cool um oh. I well, on my 22nd birthday, I think, I found, like, a kid's plastic princess tiara just, like, sitting on the sidewalk, so I picked that up and wore it all day. Such a good sign from the universe. I know, that's what I thought. Birthday princess. But those are the only, the only times I can think of that I ever found anything cool, so. Yeah. Well... That's one of those dreams that it must suck to wake up from. Yeah, I was really confused because we were definitely on a date in the dream, but I, like, didn't know his name, <laughs> and I couldn't, like, see his face, really. Yeah, but I have really vivid dreams, so that happens a lot. Man, who could focus on some random, random dude if there was money all over the place? Yeah. Priorities. <laughs> Well, our second question comes from Megan, who, if you remember, was our guest last episode. Ooh, hi, Megan. You're the best. <laughs> Megan <laughs> would like to know, if someone cloned you, would you try to fuck your clone? Absolutely not. <laughs> I can't, I think you might be one of, because I have this discussion a lot with people. Yeah. I think you might be the only person I've talked to who was, like, adamantly against it. I don't, I don't know. It would be just too weird for me. It's, like, double the anxiety about what you look like, you know? I can see that. I feel like it would be the opposite for me, though, because it's, like, I already know what you look like in every, like, every detail of it so there's nothing that I could like be surprised or worried about I'd just be like yeah I know that yeah I it too. I'd be worried that I'd be like oh no that's really what I look like doing that thing oh and I do anything ever again <laughs> <laughs> I could I can see that that makes sense but I think yeah. that I think it would be a very interesting learning opportunity I would definitely make myself like take off my clothes and do a 360 though <laughs> yeah see everything from every angle yeah I mean do you ever just look at the in the mirror and wonder like how accurate <laughs> that reflection is yeah I always try and like tilt my head to the side so I can see what I look like from like the side back yeah I'm really curious what my I think that's like my worst angle <laughs> Um, I probably think about this too much, but I try really hard to see that angle of my face and I can never get it quite right. <laughs> or like, what do you look like from, from the back? Like, you know how some people, 
even if they're wearing like a like a hoodie or something you can tell who they are just from like their yeah. body type and the way they carry themselves like I have to wonder would I recognize myself from the back if I was like wearing a hoodie and walking down the street or something I don't know that is that would be really interesting to know I feel like I would I think that, well, yeah. a bird just ran into my window <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's fine <laughs> Well, that's good. Ask that bird what it would do with its clone. Well, yeah, birds all look the same to me. <laughs> birds are all clones anyway. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, our third question for the intro, I have a couple of questions, but they're more specialized about wine and Seinfeld, so we'll get to those in those segments. But this third question that I'm going to ask you in our introduction is by our friend Minty. And he would like to know, how do you sleep at night? Okay, this is interesting. Um, physically, I, I, oh my gosh. I'm sorry, my cat just jumped in and she's the loudest cat ever. Did you hear that? Oh yeah, I hear that cat. Oh, I might kick her out of my bedroom. <laughs> she sounds oh, upset. <laughs> this is why cats are the oh, worst yeah. animal. So objectively. Annoying. She just, like, cries and cries and cries. I don't sleep very well because my cats like to sit on my face and cry. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, lick me to bed. But I sleep, like, face down like a sarcophagus, basically. That's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, it, I guess I'd want to see what I look like when I'm sleeping if I have a clone of myself. Oh, that's a, that's actually a good a good idea. I would kind of want to know. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way to know. I mean, I guess unless someone, like, sneaks up on you and takes your picture while you're sleeping, which I hope never happens to me. You could, like, set up a GoPro on your ceiling and <laughs> watch you. That sounds like some weird, like, Kickstarter project someone would do. Like, give oh me money God. to film myself sleeping for a year and then splice all the footage together and speed it up. Yeah, and it would just be, like, one old man who's the only person funding you <laughs> with, like, no teeth. You call it, like, a year in dreams. Ugh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> in other news, please donate to my Kickstarter to film myself from the ceiling while I sleep. I mean, could you get backing for that? There's, like, absolutely no reason that anyone would want, need to see that. What are you doing over there? What? What are you doing? What do you mean? I hear sounds of like... Oh, I was playing with my uh, computer charger. <laughs> I always, like, I'm one of those people who always have to, like, be, like, doing some tick with my hands. Oh, yeah, I know that. That's why, like, I always pick at my fingernails, so I just have all these horrible, like, hangnails and jagged yeah. edges. Yeah, I had to start carrying fingernail clippers around with me because I would just, like do that gross thing where you, like, pull off your hangnails and then you're just bleeding from your hands. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm a disgusting human being. Black Swan, for real. Oh, yeah, that did happen. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah. What I only saw it once when it was in theaters, but it was pretty good. I, I remember liking the sexy parts. Yeah, that was interesting because I was not expecting it. I was... It was with my mom. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it, was, it was cool, though. <laughs> Representation. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I remember being super into that, but if my, if I had a parent around, I would probably die of hmm. sheer embarrassment. Yeah, well, we just didn't talk about it afterwards. <laughs> Here's a fun semi-relevant story. One time, when I was a full adult, like at least 19, 18 or 19 years old, I was watching Seinfeld with my dad. Mm -hmm. on TV, and we were watching and, like, both laughing, and my dad and I don't have a lot of, like, positive interactions, so this was, like, I was, like, oh my god, I'm actually having a good time watching TV with my dad, this is awesome, and then George mentioned wanting to have sex with someone, and my dad immediately, like, changed the channel and, like, huffed out of the room. Oh, no! (laughs) I was, like, god damn it! You can't even say that word around me. <laughs> it's pretty much. That's, that's how it goes. What a grump. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if if I ever tried to watch Black Swan with my parents, I don't know that I would ever recover from the drama. I mean, we were in a movie theater, so it's not like anything anyone could have huffed away. Oh, yeah. What was the last movie you saw in the theater? Oh, um, I don't watch too many movies, but about, like, a month or so ago, I saw Inside Out, and I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Oh, yeah, I wanted to see that, but it's hard for me to get to the movie theater, because I don't have a car, and none of my friends who do have cars are that into seeing movies with me. Um, Yeah. But I did take the bus down to the movie theater a couple of months ago to go see uh, Mad Max Fury Road, and it was... I still uh, haven't seen that, but I really need to. So good. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I've already talked about it on this podcast, so we won't go into that again, but I really wanted yeah. to go see that new movie with Kristen Stewart in it, because I love her, and she is my secret wife. I love her, too. What movie is she in? What was it? It's, like, with Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, I I love him. Yeah, well, I don't, like, have any sort of feeling about him at all, but... He's pretty, like, plain glass of milk, but I like him. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he doesn't... I I have no feelings either way about him, so... Yeah. But I love Kristen Stewart. I wanted to see that movie, but who knows. Oh, is that, like, they're... He's, like, a pot dealer, but then he's secretly a spy or something like that? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, I think I did see a commercial, now that you mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, any movies coming up you're excited for? Um, no, pretty much absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's Oscar season, which means all the boring fucking movies are coming out. Yeah. All the ones Except that require me to think. this year, a bunch of movies are coming out on my birthday. My birthday is the day that uh, the new Star Wars movie comes out, so I'm... Early uh, December or late November? Taking over my day. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not like a huge, I don't know, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I, I'm i nerdy about a lot of weird things, um, but Star Wars is not one of them. So a lot of people are like, oh, Ashley's a nerd, let's talk to her about Star Wars. And I'm like, I don't know. I've, I think I've seen all the movies, but like one time each and a long time ago. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I just never got obsessed with them like it seemed like everyone else did. 
I don't watch that many movies though, so I don't know. I'm not as much of a movie person. Yeah, I I don't watch a lot of movies. If I do watch a movie, it's going to be because I think I'm going to have a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, me too. I, I'm not into like super serious movies. I used to be when I was younger and more pretentious, but <laughs> these days I'm just like, if I'm going to spend two hours of my life on something, it better be fucking fun. Yeah, I either want like a silly comedy or a nature doc or a horror film. Those are, like, my three genres that I like. Nature doc? Good lord. That's your idea of fun? Yeah, like Planet Earth. Oh, You don't like those? I've never met anyone who doesn't like those. I I have a weird relationship with nature where sometimes I enjoy it a lot, (laughs) but most of the time, not so much. (laughs) The world can go fuck itself. No, like, I care about, I care about the, the planet, you know, I try to be responsible yeah, in no, my handling you. of it, but I'm not like, I'm gonna go sit with the trees for three hours and get something out of it. I'm like, I'll go take a walk for, like, half an hour, and then that's probably enough nature for me. Well, there's, I guess that's our one major difference. Wow, yeah, we finally found it. We're pretty similar in almost every way. Yeah, we're going to have to rely heavily on this to, like, distinguish ourselves from each other. Yeah, I'll, like, build a hammock in the forest. (laughs) That's my only thing that's not connected to you. (laughs) (laughs) You have to find your individuality. Yeah. All right, well, Annie and I are going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back to talk to you about wine. So get hype. And we'll be right back. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Weinfeld. It is time for the wine segment. Your favorite part, maybe. I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) I, uh, the whole part is my favorite part. <laughs> the whole show. You can't have a favorite. My other babies will feel bad. <laughs> so I, um, before I record these shows, I like to ask my guest if they have a certain type of wine that they prefer. And most of the time, they either say no or give me sort of a, like, oh, I would like a red wine or whatever. Uh, But Annie had a very specific wine that she wanted to discuss, which made things really easy and chill for me. So, Annie, why don't you tell us about the wine that we are drinking today? Okay, well, I picked a, a lovely Pinot Grigio. From California. Um, And the main deciding factor for me was the beautiful lime green color of the cardboard box that it comes in. (laughs) It comes in like uh, one of those cartons that looks like what you'd get in middle school lunchtime for milk, like filled with milk, but it's a lot bigger. (laughs) And it's just like lime green. This is the Um, first time that we have done a boxed wine on the show. And I've got to say, I was a little skeptical at first, but this is not your typical, like, Franzia shit. This is actually pretty decent. 
Yeah. Spoiler I alert. I actually like it. And not, not like, because I have to, because it's cheap. Yeah, it's not, and it's not like, I think the fact that it's kind of a, like, classy-ish looking box like you know it's not like some giant cardboard thing you lug around it's like this slim brightly colored box thing that i don't know it looks yeah, it's like cool. the size of a water bottle maybe yeah and it's got a nice little screw off spout at the top mm-hmm. um the brand is called bandit so maybe you've seen it maybe you have not I don't know. They sell it in all the local Safeways around here, but that's the West Coast. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to find it, but it actually was at my local wine store, so that's kind of cool. It's probably, I don't know, probably a a big, big thing or something. I don't know. (laughs) Box Wine Revolution. (laughs) So, Annie, would you like to read for us the description of the wine that is on the back of this box? I would love to. All right, take it away. All right, Pinot Grigio. Radiant and fresh, Bandit Pinot Grigio charms the senses with aromas of citrus, peach, and pear, followed by flavors of lemon and green apple. A splash of sweet is tempered by a tiny bit of tart, resulting in a vivacious wine that pairs perfectly with anything from delicate dishes to fiery fare. <laughs> I didn't notice this at first, but there's a lot of alliteration in this description. Oh yeah, they definitely like hired an English major to write this. <laughs> hashtag radiant, hashtag fresh. Yeah. I like my wine like I like me. <laughs> <laughs> radiant and fresh. Um, it's a little bit of a pretentious description for a boxed wine, but I don't know. It's yeah, fun. It's pretty like a like verbose in its description yeah but you know what i will reserve my judgment i think it's just the bright color of the box is making me just want (laughs) to give it i don't know more credit (laughs) just like this color puts me in a good mood so go ahead i've also tried the bright yellow one which i can't remember what type of wine it was but it it was not quite as good as this this is definitely the best one that they've i like Pinot Grigio a lot. I've done one other Pinot Grigio on this show, and that was one of my favorites that we've done. So Yeah, I'm not that much of a wine drinker. I'll usually go for a different Bev if I'm doing alcohol, but... Um, if I'm like, doing alcohol. If I'm doing alcohol. <laughs> I'm shooting up alcohol. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one's probably my fave type of wine. Yeah, so this is... Uh... Pretty good. So, something I've noticed on this show is that the wine segment is a bit of a fucking problem in that (laughs) either we get outrageously off topic or we stay on topic and it gets kind of boring. So, I've introduced, or I am about to introduce, a new element to this segment that I think will make it fun while still sort of keeping us in the wine area of discussion. Perfect. We will be playing a drinking game, the title of which I don't actually know, but if you (laughs) watch Game of Thrones or read those books, you will know this game as Tyrion Lannister's favorite drinking game. So basically what we're going to do is 
one of us will say something that we think is true about the other person, and it may or may not actually be true. We, we have no way of knowing. It can't be something that, you know, we already know. And if that statement about the other person is correct, then that is a point for you and the other person has to drink. If the statement is incorrect, that is a point for the other person and you have to drink. So, as we open up to each element of criteria for our wine, we will play one round of this game. So, the first category is appearance. So we're going to start out by playing one round of this game, and we're going to try to keep it, like, sort of appearance-related. And, mm. you know. That's going to be difficult. It, it's, like, it's not super important. You can play fast and loose with it. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to go first, or should I go first? Um, it's up to you. Okay. <laughs> I'll okay. you go first, because I can't think of anything right now. All right. I will go first. I'm going to say... Annie, you hold on. Okay. I'll edit out any long pauses and it'll sound like we came up with this shit on the spot. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, okay. Annie, you straighten your hair. No, I actually have really straight hair naturally. Wow, okay, so that is one point for Annie, and I will take a drink now. What? Annie, it's your turn. Okay, let's see. I think that you, Ashley, like to splurge when you're buying makeup. I'm going to go ahead and say that that is false. I usually buy not the cheapest, cheapest stuff, but pretty cheap. Okay. I feel that. I do the same. All right. Turns out maybe we don't know each other as well as we thought. No. Stay tuned. Ooh, so much more to learn about you. <laughs> so now let's discuss the appearance of our wine. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off by saying it is very, very clear. It's the lightest wine I think I may have ever reviewed on this show. It is just Barely yellow tinged for me. It's uh, very clear, no bubbles of any sort. Um, just looks like if you just took a quick glance at it, you might just think it was water in a wine glass. I think perhaps it is put on display in its beautiful green bottle um, so that you'll just drink it right out of the bottle and <laughs> won't even know what it looks like. Yeah, that, that might be true. The bottle so is very doing. Cool. <laughs> the very cool looking. Um, I mean, it's it doesn't look bad. It just barely looks like wine. It looks like a juice box. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. All right, so I think that that pretty much covers appearance. If you want to get into round two, let's do it. And I just dropped my pen that I was keeping score with. Hope y'all heard that. <laughs> Okay, so our second category is aroma, so this is going to be kind of hard, but we'll think of aroma-related statements. <laughs> that is a weird thing to think about someone else's smells. Yeah, okay. I am going to say that, Annie, you 
prefer the smell of cut grass to the smell of flowers. That is absolutely true. Wee! Point for me! Yeah. I'm not really into floral smelling things. They kind of make me sick. Really? Mm-hmm. I like... Yeah, I'm wait, not really don't into tell floral me. What? On NPR. I said don't tell me so I can uh, guess something about you. Uh, well, you can't use the same one. Oh, fine. <laughs> Hit me up. Um, let's see. I think that I'm like looking around my room for inspiration right now. <laughs> I think your favorite type of baked good is peanut butter or something. That was smell related in the Yeah, very- yeah, no, I'll I'll allow it. I'm just trying to I don't think that's true, honestly. Like I wanna I want to, because my last statement was true, so I want to say that yours is true, too. But no, don't do that. Don't coddle me. I won't. Uh, no, I would say my, so many people are going to hate me so much when I say this, but my favorite baked good is oatmeal raisin cookies. Okay. No, I don't hate you. I love oatmeal. Yeah, oatmeal raisin cookies are, are way better than chocolate chip cookies. There, I said it. No, I like an oatmeal chocolate chip, so that's like a healthy medium. <laughs> Oh. Okay, I'll take a sip. All right, so that's three points for me and one for you, Annie. Better, better bring it next round. Gotta catch up. All right, so let's describe the aroma of our wine now. Okay. It smells very um, fruity. It smells a lot like juice. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is just juice. <laughs> there's not a strong alcohol smell to it. I mean, I, I'm feeling the alcohol as I'm drinking it, but... Um, don't really smell it. It does smell really, yeah, it smells a little citrusy. It smells sort of like, you know, tangy fruits, maybe some pineapple in there. Uh, I think it said, yeah, citrus, peach, and pear. Yeah. I would when say you I said smell those. pineapple, that reminded me of the exact smell that I can recall of these weird, like, candied pineapple slices that my family Ooh. used to eat that I think are really gross, but that's exactly what this smells like. Yeah. Um, it's very, it smells really sweet. Like the last Pinot Grigio that I did on the show, it was very, very dry and citrusy. This smells a lot sweeter. Um, yeah, it's almost candy-like. It, it smells like one of those sour rope candies. Yeah, I smell like... A little bit of citrus, but yeah, like a lot of pineapple, maybe some like white peach or white nectarine in there. Yeah, I feel that. All right. Yeah. Round three. I wish I had, I should find some like sound effect that's like the thing that they do when people are doing boxing or whatever it is where they have rounds. You should do like a cork popping. Like, can you do that thing with your cheek when you do like... I can't do it at all. I can't can't do it and I'm not going to try. Okay, or you could do like boy oing oing. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna save the sound drop of you doing that and use that <laughs> for your future. Episodes. Oh no, I should have done a cleaner cut. I'll work it out. I'll I'll workshop it later. Okay, just email me when you have one. Okay. <laughs> All right. So round three is taste. So whatever mm. sort of statement that that word inspires in you, I will allow it. 
Um, I'm going to say that you like the taste of chocolate more than fruit candies. Hmm. That's hard because I think I'm pretty 50-50. Oh, God. I really like sour candies. Sour candies? Yeah, but I do like chocolate. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like we should each take half of a sip. Okay, half a point for each of us. <laughs> All right, your turn. Okay. Man, this is a very difficult category. <laughs> well, you can um, expand it to, like, taste in, like, movies or clothes or music or anything. I'll accept that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that you prefer black coffee to any kind of fancy coffee drink. That is absolutely true. I don't drink black coffee as much now as I used to because I'm just a wimp, but for a <laughs> long time I like refused to put anything in my coffee ever. So Yeah. That is your point. Nice. I'm catching up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so taste of the wine. It does taste very fruity, just like it smells. Yeah, it's very juice-like. Yeah, it's one of those... One of those wines that gets you in trouble because it's too easy to drink. <laughs> it tastes almost like if you ever did this when you were, like, 20 or, like, you were new to drinking or something, but if you mix vodka into a fruit juice, <laughs> it has that same essence, but this tastes a lot better than that. Yeah, this, the alcohol taste isn't strong either. I'm looking at this carton and it says 13% alcohol, so that's pretty normal. Um, yeah, yeah. But the alcohol taste isn't strong. It is a little bit dry, but not nearly as dry as the other Pinot Grigio I did, which is interesting. I actually looked this up beforehand and it said that the cheaper the Pinot Grigio is, the sweeter it tends to be, so... Oh. So, you so, know, that makes sense. <laughs> that, that makes sense. That I paid $7. Yeah, I, mean, I paid $10 for mine, so. Yeah, and it's like almost two bottles worth of wine. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> good value. Um, yeah, it, it's not sure. bad. It's not bad. I don't think it's bad. Um, yeah. But I like sweet wines a lot. I know a lot of people don't. I do. I like sweet wines if, yeah, I guess I like sweet wines because I don't drink wine that often. So when I have it, it's usually like one glass of something. Yeah, I'm learning to embrace dry wines as I do this, um, mm. but before I started doing this show, man, I would not touch a dry wine. I don't really understand how drinks can be described as dry, though. Don't you think they'd come up with a better word for that? Well, I think that's because, like, if you notice, after you swallow, your mouth feels kind of dry. <laughs> it, like, mm. it, it actually, it, like, it's weird, but that's actually how it feels. I, I am getting a touch of dryness from this, but not nearly as much as I would usually expect from a Pinot Grigio. Yeah, I think the fruitiness definitely is the main factor, and then everything else is pretty mild. Yeah, it's sweet. There's like, yeah, a touch of citrus. Like, it, it tastes almost exactly like it smells. A touch of citrus, and then really fruity. Yeah, it's like a lemon peach juice or something. Ooh, yeah. That would probably be pretty good. I should yeah, get a juicer. Good. Okay, round 
something. Four, maybe? Yes, round four. Round four is body, so oh my God. we'll be chill about our statements. Um, let's talk about each other's bodies. Yeah, let's really get to know each other. Let's really dig deep. I'm going to say that, Annie, I think you have had a freckle or a mole that seemed like it might be a problem, but you didn't bother to get it checked out. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I do have a lot of freckles, um, like the random ones that are just on your leg or your arm. Yeah, I have those too. But like... I learned this fact from my dermatologist that if you have a freckle and it has hair, this, maybe this is gross, I'm sorry. No, no. If if hair can grow out of the skin that the freckle is on, then it's uh, safe. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, but you haven't told me if my statement is true or not. I'm pretty sure it's true because a doctor told me, but I mean, maybe it was, maybe I was... (laughs) Going to like a fraud or something. Yes or no? There's no oh, gray area. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I think they're all safe. Okay, so that's yeah, your I've point. I've had all these for most of my life. Okay, we'll give you we'll give you that point. Okay. Because I um, definitely have ha- like had things appear where I was just like, this is really dark and probably not good, but also I don't care enough to go see a doctor. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe. I should, you should get that point, because I probably just don't care enough to be worried about it. No, no, let's not do the, the lady (laughs) thing where we're like, no, no, you take the point, no, you take the point, you earned (laughs) the point, you get to have it. Okay. Own the point, Annie. I will own it. All Um, right. I think for you, and I'm doing this just... Because it's all I can see right now. I think you bruise easily. I'll, I'll go ahead and give you that point, because I don't know if I bruise easily or not, but I know that I always have a few bruises on my body that I have no idea where they came from. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I get that all the time. All right, so I was ahead for a while, but now you are winning by one point. Retro, you're gonna have to uh, catch up in the last round. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so let's discuss the body of our wine. Okay. Um, for if you do not recall from previous episodes, this is obviously for the listener and not for you, Annie, because I know that you're a <laughs> professional. Uh, the body of the wine is the feel of the wine in the mouth and the sense of alcohol in the wine. <laughs> I already mentioned that the sense of alcohol is not very strong. Yeah, it does not taste alcoholic. It doesn't really smell alcoholic either. Yeah, um, and it, it doesn't really have a huge presence when you drink it either. Like I said, it's one of those wines that's, like, way too easy to drink. Yeah, maybe it's because it's so early in the day for me, and I'm <laughs> it's a little weird for me to be drinking wine right now, but I can kind of feel that, I don't know if, this will make sense, but, like, that warm feeling in your throat or your chest, it's like, oh, I just drank something alcoholic, but it doesn't really taste like alcohol. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, I would say it's very light-bodied, like, very light-bodied, because... Yeah, it's definitely easy to throw back. Oh, yeah, (laughs) too easy. I'm, like, really, I keep, because I can feel it in my head, you know, like, I'm, 
I'm like <laughs> definitely tipsy. So I'm like, don't like, you don't need to keep drinking. Just, Oh, I need to get on your level. I haven't had that much yet. I'm like, I'm honestly trying to drink it very slowly. But like I said, it's just one of those things that it's so easy to drink that if you're not consciously stopping yourself from doing it, you're just going to like, just keep <laughs> sipping on it and then be like, Whoa, what happened? Yeah. This would be great for like college freshmen. <laughs> You're right. This would be fantastic for someone who's like just started drinking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so final round of the game and we'll find out who wins. Ooh. The category is finish. So whatever you want to do with that. Um I have absolutely no idea what to say on that topic. Um I, the word finish conjures up images of, like, for me, like, many images. like, finish on, on, like, <laughs> like, you know how if you have, like, wood and you stain it, that's, like, a finish? Yeah. So I'm thinking of, like, home improvement shit, so I'm gonna say that, Annie, you have helped a parent with a significant home improvement project at some point and gotten really frustrated and quit helping them <laughs> oh <laughs> um yeah yeah I'll give you that point um over the past summer my dad uh built a deck because ours like was molding and like breaking and people had <laughs> broken boards while walking on it yeah um I didn't necessarily quit but I definitely like stopped volunteering to help after a certain point. <laughs> All right. So that leaves us tied at 4.5 points each. So, Annie, this is the deciding point. Oh, God. How do I ask a question about finish? Just trust your gut. I think that you have, at some point, had a whole handle of liquor that you finished with no one else's help. No, yeah, like, you're not in like, one night. Obviously. Not in one night. Okay, yeah, then you're definitely right. I yeah, I bought like a bottle of whiskey one time, um, and smuggled it over. This was like years ago. I um, I went home to visit my family for Christmas, and I smuggled a bottle of whiskey in with me, um, because I I like took a a metro or something over to meet them, so I just poured it into this, like, giant iced tea bottle. Oh, nice. And brought it with me, and I just, like, drank all of that over the course of my Christmas vacation. Nice. So I, like, went to church completely trashed. And oh, my God. All that stuff. So, I mean, my days of drinking like that are hopefully behind me. I haven't done it in a while. But, yes, I did finish that entire bottle of whiskey over the course of a couple of days by myself. So that is your point, which means that you win. At 5.5 to 4.5 points. Yeah, so, that's barely a win. I would consider us pretty equal rivals. You're doing that thing again. You won. Own it. Oh, fine. Okay. You're I'm the bad. fucking champion. You beat me. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> Congratulations. You win nothing. But you win a guest appearance on this podcast. Oh, perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> All right, so we will end the segment by discussing the finish of our wine. What does that mean? That means basically, like, 
the aftertaste and how long it lingers, sort of, like, I read this thing about, like, timing how long you can taste the wine after you've swallowed, and, like, we're not going to do all that, but, yeah, like, how, like, what does it taste like after you swallow, and how long does it stick around? Okay. That's what he said. Yeah, I guess. That's disgusting. <laughs> it has a faint lemon after flavor. Yeah, it's definitely, the aftertaste is definitely more citrus than other types of fruit. Yeah, it's, again, with the candy thing, but it's really reminding me of a lemon head. Have you, do you know those? Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of sour candy, but I, I am familiar Okay. with that of which you speak. That genre. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't linger long. I think it's, it's gone within a couple of seconds after swallowing. Which is, you know, always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> this wine is like, again, just so easy to drink. Yeah, I, I am, you know, killing this slowly. Killing it softly. Killing me slowly. Yeah. It's the name of me and Annie's uh, first hit single from our band that we're starting. Yeah. What are we gonna? What are we calling our band again? Oh, the uh, the Kinsey Three. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> Megan's in our band too, so yeah. you know it well, works on so many levels. Because <laughs> there are three of us, and we're all Kinsey Threes. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> all right. I'm glad my jokes are so good. I know, I'm glad we are super hilarious. Like, we're so funny. Everything's a home run, and people are just crying with laughter. <laughs> Alright, Annie and I are going to take a break, and then come back in a few seconds to talk to you about Seinfeld. Annie, any last words until Seinfeld time? Um, I will miss each and every one of you listeners very deeply. For the next three seconds. Okay, bye. Bye! Hello, friends, and welcome back to Weinfeld. This is the Seinfeld segment, the segment you've all been waiting for. I know this is why you come here. It's why I put it last. Well, before we get started discussing this particular episode, Annie, I have some listener questions for you specifically related to Seinfeld and your experience with it. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Um, our friend Bob Duca would like to know, when did you first hear of Seinfeld? Um, wow. Probably far too late in life um, because I haven't seen very much of it and I didn't I don't think I watched a Seinfeld episode until maybe two years ago at the most um but I feel like I knew who Seinfeld was I yeah. just never watched his show yeah you know yeah it's it's a hard thing to pin down when you've like first heard of because it's so pervasive in culture yeah I, probably like I don't know I was like 13 or something all right good guess <laughs> yeah, good answer. Great question, guys. <laughs> um, here's a really fun question I'm excited about. This is from our lovely friend from Boy to Boots, and she would like to know, 
Fuck, Mary, kill, Jerry, George, and Kramer. Oh, my. Um, oh, that's a hard question. Um, because I don't love any of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy for me, but I'll let, you, I'll let you go first, and then I'll say mine. Okay, I think... I, okay, normally... Hmm. I, initially, I would think... Fuck George, because I think he'd appreciate it. <laughs> but he also weirdly gets really gorgeous women on the show. Well, I mean, that's because it's television. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go with that. I'll fuck George. Okay. And then, wow, I don't... Mm, mm, this is so hard. <laughs> I don't think I could put up with Kramer constantly, so I guess I'd have to kill him and marry Jerry, but that's not an ideal <laughs> it's living not ideal. Have, have someone on the side, but... There's no way to win in this situation, but... Yeah, that's, like, it's the best I can do with those All right. Players. For me, it's very easy. I would say kill Jerry, because he's the fucking worst. He's pretty annoying. Marry George, because I love him, and fuck Kramer, because I guess I have to. Yeah, and I guess in the in in the scenario of this game, you only have to have sex with them once, and then you can probably just ignore them forever after that. Yeah, exactly. I I could probably fuck almost anyone once and then <laughs> block it out of my my I brain. I think you could very easily be persuaded to that same answer. <laughs> All right, our final listener question: our our young friend Chicken Sandwich says. There are 169 episodes of Seinfeld. Is that funny? Um, that is a comedy number, for sure. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> that's like one person planking next to two people having oral sex. So yes, that's very funny to picture. <laughs> hey, now, Chicken's underage. You can't talk about sex in front of him. Hey, what's up, dog? <laughs> Alright, so the episode that we are discussing this time around is Season 2, Episode 5, called The Apartment. A tiny bit of background. It aired on April 4th, 1991. This is right after about a two-month-ish hiatus that the show was put on because of low ratings. Um, But it came back to better ratings, which... Kind of kept it going for the rest of the season. It was pretty well received by critics, as usual, because they thought that George's storyline was really funny and really well done. That seems to be a trend in these early episodes. Hmm. Um, This episode is kind of notable because it was written by a man called Peter Melman, and not by... Jerry and Larry. This is, I think, only the second episode so far that was not written by Jer Lair. Um, I looked up this Peter Melman dude just to get some background on him, and he, I guess this, this is his first, like, writing credit on the show, and he said that um, it was an interesting experience because most of the time when you write on TV, the Producers will kind of give you, you'll go into writing the episode with an idea of what's supposed to happen. Either the writing room will come up with it together, or the executive producers will have an idea of what they want. Um, but P- 
Peter was given sort of a free reign to just write whatever he wanted, so he did, and Jerry and Larry liked it and put it on the show, which I think is interesting. Doesn't that sound like the most exciting and terrifying project that you could be given? Yeah, like, just fucking roll with it and see what you want to do. Like, I, I don't know, I'd be scared. Also, this dude had not written any television before he got hired to write for Seinfeld. I guess he wrote for magazines or something, and they uh, liked his shit and got him on the show. So that's pretty cool. Peter Melman, living the dream. Good job, Peter Melman. Appreciate your story. (laughs) All right, so Annie and I both watched this episode, and now we are going to... Run through it. Um. All right. So yeah. we start out with the stand-up bit by Jerry, as usual. I mm-hmm. don't even remember anything about it except that it was just like it wasn't. It wasn't horrible enough that it stuck in my mind, and it wasn't good enough that it stuck in my mind. Like my notes just yeah. say like meh. Yeah. The one thing I recall from it is that no one who they cut to in the audience was really laughing, (laughs) even though they were playing the laugh track noise. It was very (laughs) odd. That's so funny. Yeah, but now that I think of it, I can remember his stand-up bit, which was about how when you paint the walls of your apartment, you're losing, like, a quarter inch of square space. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is... Interesting, kind of, in theory, but not necessarily funny. Yeah, uh, there might have been a better way to execute that concept. Yeah, I feel like that's how I feel about a lot of his bits. Yeah, yes, definitely. Um, At least it wasn't grossly sexist, though, so there's that. Oh, but we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Kramer's... Let's talk about Kramer's plot in this episode. Okay, the first thing I want to note that I wrote down because it was so memorable is that I love Kramer's shirts and I really want them <laughs> for my personal wardrobe. He has the most ridiculous shirts. He had the one that was in the first scene or the first scene he was in had like little moons on it. Well, save it for the fashion segment at the end. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kramer's whole little subplot is that he decides to start putting moose in his hair. But he just puts, like, so much in it, and it looks so bad. Why was that a plot point? I don't don't know, but it was... Anything. I thought it was, like, just the visual gag of Kramer with his hair, like, just plastered onto his head. It was so funny. (laughs) He's, like, a goofy-looking dude as it is, but... Yeah, it was just... For me, it was like, why is this here? It doesn't matter at all. (laughs) I don't know. I, I thought it was funny to look at. I think it's just... It's one of those things that was good for, like, a couple of jokes. It wasn't really wasn't really a huge deal, but I don't know. It made me chuckle. Yeah, yeah I feel that. So the, uh, the main plot of the episode, basically, is that uh, someone in Jerry's apartment building upstairs from him dies. The apartment is now available. Jerry has the idea of getting the apartment for Elaine, who so far in the show has been actively looking for a new place to live. Um, and then afterwards starts regretting it because he realizes that he doesn't really want Elaine to live so close to him and it's kind of just spirals out of control from there where he's like 
At first he wants her to get it, and now he's, like, trying to undermine that and make it not happen without letting her find out that he's not into it. It's It's the classic sitcom trope of, I could very easily tell this person how I feel, but instead I'm going to make a hugely eccentric, elaborate plan to make them think something else. Yes, definitely. It's one of those things that... A lot of times on this show when stuff like that happens, I give it the benefit of the doubt because it was, you know, 1991. We haven't had as much of the same sitcom shit over and over again at that point. But, I mean, even when we were looking at, like, I Love Lucy or I Dream of Jeannie or all of those, like, black and white sitcoms, like, that's exactly what they were doing. So I am not giving the benefit of the doubt to Seinfeld here. I think that... You guys probably could have known better at this point. Yeah. But, you know, it's still early. They're still finding their feet. It's Peter Melman's first episode of TV, not even his first episode of Seinfeld, so... Yeah, I can't be too hard on Melman. He gave it a good, solid try. Yeah, and it's not like... It's been done a ton of times, but it wasn't badly done, you know? Yeah. It was not bad. Yeah, it was... It's It's not innovative. Yeah, it wasn't innovative, but it wasn't badly done, so fine. You know what? I'll give props to Peter Melman. Also, I'm pretty sure it was this episode that um, I thought I thought I had something to say, and I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this episode. Oh, it's uh, I have in my notes. It's notable for being the first time Elaine does what apparently is a trademark thing for her where she shouts, like, get out, and, like, shoves Jerry. Um, I haven't seen enough Seinfeld to know that that was, like, a trademark of Elaine's, but... Me either. I guess it is, and this is the first time she ever does it, so... There's that. There is a... Oh, there's a stand-up bit that Jerry does that I thought was not necessarily funny, but that was really relatable, where he kind of talks about... Like, what if you could direct your own life as if it were a TV show? Like, you say something or you make a choice, like yeah. offering Elaine an apartment, and then you oh, wish that you could, Yeah, you wish that you could just, like, take it from the top and do it again. Oh, I thought it was interesting that their George and Jerry's running joke was like, I'm the most unlucky. No, I'm the most unlucky. No, I have it bad. Oh, Oh my god. This is like a trend in my life right now, too, where I'm just surrounded by white boys who just want me to feel bad for them all the time, and I'm like, I don't, sorry. That's a trend in my life ever since forever. (laughs) Yeah, well, always, but it's just been, like, especially prevalent the past few weeks, just on the internet and in my real life, at work and everything, I'm just surrounded by white dudes who just want me to say that like they have it so bad and I'm like I'm not gonna no I'm not gonna say that yeah I'm not saying you've never known pain but like I don't know people who are one up with bad things yeah who are just trying to say something to them and then they're like well yeah except me too but it was worse because I was also I had the flu when that was happening (laughs) yeah my life is so hard and it Just, I have no privilege, and I refuse to acknowledge that I might have some sort of privilege, because my life is so hard. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm like, whatever, no time for you. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, I have that in my notes. Jerry and George have this, like, and you notice it all the time in these episodes. They have this very, like, unhealthy relationship where they just validate each other's, like, bad opinions. Mm -hmm. Where they're just like, oh, man, like, Jerry's like, oh, I, I could have done the right thing here, but but also I couldn't have. And George is like, yeah, no, there's no way you could have done that thing. You're totally making the right choice. I mean, what else could you do? And then, yeah, you know, they just, like, I don't know. They, yeah. they, ha they play off each other like that. It's bad. For sure. I thought when I was watching it that Jerry would just be so insufferable to be friends with. Yeah, he's, um... Yeah, not a great friend and not a great influence. <laughs> yeah. I, I do understand, though, like, really wanting to seem nice. You know, like, you did a thing that your friend thinks is nice, and now you're realizing the repercussions of it are something you're not ready for. I yeah. understand how it would be really hard to back out of that situation. I totally do. And honestly, if I were Jerry, I probably wouldn't have told Elaine... <laughs> Like, either that I wanted her to not live near me. Yeah, I get that. I'm sorry if there's weird noises right now. I just let my cat back into my bedroom. Uh-oh. She better keep her mouth shut. No, this is the quiet one. The loud one is Jill. She's she's crazy. All right. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, What else is going on in this episode? Um... Something that was really weird to me about this episode was how they had one character who, I don't know if he's an established character, because I don't watch shit regularly, but he was the guy who was like a landlord or something, but he was speaking in Spanish the whole time. But for some reason, he could understand everything in English, and everyone could understand everything he was saying in <laughs> Spanish. And that was bothering me so much. Um, oh yeah, that was um, the two, what, hold on, I had it written down somewhere, and... Can't find it. Okay. Um, no, those are the um, Harold and Manny. Those are, that's a, that was their names. Um, what a typical name that a white guy would give for a Mexican guy. <laughs> yeah, they're like the the I don't know building in charge people. And this is their first appearance on the show, but I do think that they show up in future episodes too. I think. I think. I think. Um, okay. We will see. But, yeah, um, I guess they, uh, yeah, their part in this episode was initially supposed to be just one scene, but um, they liked them and wrote them into the episode a little bit more, so, yeah. But, yeah, that guy was, I have a thing where I usually can understand TV Spanish. I can't understand it in real life, because, I mean, obviously, people speak language differently on the television than they do in real life. Um, yeah. So I have a hard time understanding, like, actual colloquial dialects, but I can usually understand TV Spanish really well, but for some reason I could only catch, like, every other word that this guy was saying. I guess he was probably speaking quickly because they were expecting the audience to understand what he was saying because the... Jerry and that other guy were, like, explaining it as he went. Yeah, yeah. I could I could get, like, the gist of what he was saying, but I was like, what, what, wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, that was just very weird to me. Yeah, I think it was... I think it was, yeah, the fact that he was speaking Spanish was, like, supposed to be a joke, and that does kind of bother me. 
Yeah, that's so dated. Yeah. Oh, it's like, another it's, language. It's funny. Yeah. It's so funny. If a TV show did that now, it would be just so terrible and cringy. But for some reason, it's okay because it was the 90s. Yeah, yeah, it is a little, like, it's not enough of a joke in and of itself that the dude is just speaking Spanish. Like, maybe if he was saying something in Spanish that is clever if you're paying attention. But basically the joke was, <laughs> yeah, the joke was just like, he's speaking Spanish, ha 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 ha. Yeah, okay. I thought that was quite weird. That's cool, good, good for you. <laughs> um... I don't want to talk about George's subplot yet, because I have something planned for that, but I do want to talk about the uh, the sort of resolution of Jerry and Elaine's subplot. Okay. One um, more thing that I took note of was how, like, insane absurd it is that their apartment was $400 a month in New York. Oh, I made a note of that, too, because to me, like... Like, they're talking about how that's, like, so cheap, and I absolutely understand that, like, for New York, like, that is super cheap, but also, I pay less than that in the present day for my house or apartment, and I'm like... Well, you're a special princess, because that's <laughs> not... <laughs> no, but, like... Most places aren't like that. To me, I was just like, God damn it, like, New York is so expensive that in 91, $400 was cheap. Like... I have a... One of my best friends lives in New York, and she splits a one-bedroom apartment with two other people, and they each pay almost 1000 a month. One bedroom? So just, like, three of them sleep in the same bedroom? It's like somehow one, there's like a living room that got converted into a second bedroom. So it's like two people in one bedroom and one person in this other, like almost bedroom. Oh, wow. It's insane. Yeah, New York is intimidating and anxiety inducing and expensive. And I never want to live there. I don't think I could live there unless I was super rich. Yeah, uh, even then, I don't, I don't know that I, I've, I went to New York this summer with my brother um, just to, like, see the city and see some improv, and it was honestly, like, really stressful for, like, a lot of reasons, but also, like, I don't know, there there are just so many people everywhere, and I was like, oh my god, I want to go back to Pittsburgh where, like, there's stuff to do, but it's still not, like, anxiety-inducing to just go to work, you know? Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Like, that big of a city just sounds so anxiety-inducing. Like, I consider Portland a big city, and it's really not compared to most big cities. But whenever I go to Seattle, which is pretty, it's like, I don't know, three or four hours away, and my sister lives there, it's like twice the size of Portland, and people don't consider that that big of a city, but it's terrifying to me because it's so huge and it just feels so intimidating oh I went to Seattle once and I actually loved it there oh yeah I thought yeah I thought like downtown Seattle was great but I really like it as a place but it also just really intimidates me yeah New York really intimidated me like I never felt comfortable there and also I'm really sensitive to like 
this is going to sound so like new agey, but like I'm so <laughs> sensitive to other people's like energies and I get that their yeah. moods. Like, yeah, I just really absorb like the vibe of whoever I'm around. And so in New York where it's like everywhere you go, there are just so many people around. It's, it's too stressful for me. It's like just too many yeah. different it conflicting. Feels like it would be easy to fall into a rut of just being like a bored dude who has the same boring routine every single day and just feels sad all the time. Yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those things where it's like so many people that it would be isolating, I think. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've never lived in New York, so I guess I can't I can't really make that call, but Yeah, me too. Anyway, well, um that was a, a New York tangent. <laughs> I a think... New York minute starring Bob Saget. <laughs> I think that, um, okay, yeah, so this subplot sort of gets resolved when Elaine is sort of like, hey, is it weird that I would be living near you? And, like, Jerry tries to do all this stuff where he's like, oh, the price of the apartment went way up, so you can't move in there now. And she's like, oh, no, I guess I can't. And then Kramer's like, oh, Jerry, why don't you give her the money for it? Oh, yeah, Kramer being such an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, Kramer is just, like, really goading the situation on, and then... Just so tactless and rude. (laughs) But then, finally, I think Jerry kind of, or Elaine, kind of gives Jerry that, like, hook to get off, where, you know, he gets that lucky break where she's like, oh, um, I guess it would be weird, I guess we shouldn't do this, and then Jerry's like, oh, man, oh, no, but, you know, it's, like, (laughs) secretly overjoyed. Yeah, I remember, but... I mean, she obviously doesn't end up there, but I can't remember the exact reason why. Yeah, it was sort of just her being like, oh, would this be weird? And Jerry being like, oh, no, but... And then... Yeah. Yeah, um, and then he ends up with some, like, really noisy upstairs neighbor, and in the end, you know, he should have let Elaine move in. Yeah, he ends up with, like, a whole band moving in upstairs. Yep. So, you fucked up, Jerry, whenever you don't allow Elaine to have whatever she wants. Yeah, Elaine is really the best part of the show. She's the one thing that I solidly really like. Yeah, she, yes, she's absolutely 100% the best part of the show. (laughs) Yeah, so that is basically the rest of the, the episode. I just discovered recently that I can look up clips from the episode on YouTube and play them on the show for the audience, which is something I should have realized long ago, but I did not. So I found a little montage that puts together all the scenes of George's subplot. So I thought that we could play that and then sort of discuss it as it unfolds. Okay, okay. My friend Adam from Detroit. Yeah, the guy with the flat head. He's a cube. <laughs> anyway, he got married about six months ago. He told me ever since he's been wearing a wedding band, women have been coming up to him everywhere he goes. Yeah, I've heard that about wedding bands. Yeah, so George's... I mean, you heard it. George's friend apparently is getting hit on all the time now that he has a wedding band. Um, That seems so not... True. If I am attracted to a person and then I see that they have a wedding band, I am immediately like, oh, never mind. Yeah, I would think that almost everyone would be that way. Yeah, okay, so, like, you don't think that a dude being married, like, makes him at all 
more appealing, right? No, I think it would take like a very specific type of person to be more attracted to someone once they're married, and that's not very many people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, I cannot imagine that you would get hit on more after getting a wedding ring. But I mean, it's an interesting idea for the for the story. I just am surprised. Yeah. All right. I wonder if that's really true. That'd be an interesting sociological experiment. You know, Kramer has his father's band. He'd loan it to you. <laughs> okay, so why does Kramer have his father's wedding band? Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that that might be kind of weird. Like, I, I know, like, a lot of women sort of pass down their engagement rings. I've never heard of dudes passing down wedding bands. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but... Yeah. I've just never heard it of it. It also feels like you could very easily find a plain, fake, silver ring or something for, like, $5. Oh, yeah, that that couldn't be hard to do. Yeah, in fact, I have one. <laughs> <laughs> do you get hit on more when you wear it? What? I said, do you get hit on more when you wear it? Oh, I don't really wear it like as a wedding ring, but you I do should. have a friend who's uh, legitimately a model, and <laughs> she wears a wedding ring whenever we go out to bars because she doesn't want people to hit on her. Does it work? Um, I've never seen her get like actively hit on, so I guess so. Huh, interesting. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Sorry. Uh, I'll give it back to you in a week. You know, I don't even know why you're fooling around with this ring. I've been telling you, get yourself some plugs or a piece. I'm not doing that. Oh, man. You know you're crazy. You're a good-looking guy. And what do you want to walk around like that for? <laughs> no, I'll put a half a can of moose in my head like you. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... Okay, the joke is that Kramer is telling him that he looks silly, but Kramer looks silly. Yeah, I... It is like yeah, that's like one level of humor to the that clip is that like Kramer's hair looks fucking ridiculous and he's telling George that his hair looks bad, but also I don't disagree with Kramer. If George got some hair plugs, he would probably be a lot more attractive. Or just like wore a hat. I feel bad saying it, but like hair is kind of a big thing for me. Like I really like people who have nice hair I do too but I don't think that's it's not like a deal breaker for everyone it's just kind of like a personal oh yeah it's only a deal breaker for like really shallow terrible people like me yeah me too (laughs) no it's not even a deal breaker it's just like a nice quality do you remember when um Joel McHale got hair plugs and he got like so much hotter what? I didn't know that. In, like, season one of Community, you can tell his hair is, like, he has this, like, receding hairline, his hair is, hair is like, kind of thin, and then in oh the God. the subsequent seasons, his hair gets, like, really thick and gorgeous, so, like, obviously he got hair plugs, and it worked. I'm definitely looking that up right now. Yeah, do it, because he looks like, if you, if you compare him to, like, just, like, Google Whoa. Joel McHale hair plugs, like, you can totally tell. Oh my god, his before picture is insane. That doesn't look at all like how I picture him. Yeah. Um, I I think, I'm not sure about this one, but I kind of have, I have a slight suspicion that maybe Alton Brown has gotten hair plugs. 
You know what's kind of weird that I've never thought about? Elton Brown kind of looks a bit like Joel McHale. Like he could they could he could be his dad or uncle. Like his young dad. Ooh, maybe. Actually, no, I, I don't think he has gotten hair plugs. He just, like, lost a lot of weight and, like, wears... I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he's just gotten so much hotter. I have a really bizarre crush on Elton Brown. It's not like, bizarre. It's very... He, uh, like, in the, like, Good Eats days, he was kind of, like, just, like, a goofy dude. He's, like, not that attractive. But nowadays, Elton Brown is, like, smoking hot. He looks like some like hot mean professor. Even. Oof. He was he. I used to watch Food Network like every single day oh, when yeah. I was a kid because I was one of those weird kids. <laughs> but I had a gigantic crush on Alton Brown. Uh, I mean, I always like really enjoyed his. Uh, I always really enjoyed Good Eats, but like recently, he's on this show, Cutthroat Kitchen. Um. And he's, like, really skinny. He wears really nice suits on it. He's got, like, this, like, sort of scruff, like... And I'm not usually into facial hair, but it really works for him. Like... I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Look it up, because he is, like, smoking hot now. It's, like, almost <laughs> uncomfortable to admit, but... Uh, Sup, Alton? Him. He's, like, late 50s, right? He's not a, a young boy. I wouldn't say, well, let me see. I don't think he's, like, late 50s. Maybe, like, late 40s or, he's like, early 50s. He's older than He's 53. Oh, well, that's not that old. He's married. No, he's not. He's divorced. I know oh. this. He got divorced earlier this, this year. Really? Yep, he sure did. Wikipedia hasn't updated along with that, then. Uh, well, Wikipedia's wrong, because Alton Brown is definitely divorced. Oh, if he's on the market, I'm gonna go, like... Uh-uh, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm gonna go follow him around wherever he goes. I'll be, like, a fish fan, but for Alton Brown. He lives in Georgia, and I'm closer to Georgia than you are, so... I'll get there first! No, I'm gonna start running right now. I'll leave right now. Oh my god. Okay, this is definitely Seinfeld-related and good to talk about. <laughs> this is definitely normal conversation for people to want to listen to. <laughs> All right, let, let, let's get back to George over here. Okay, George is like that kind oh. of lovable cute that's like, he's not really physically attractive, but he's still cute. Yeah, he definitely yeah. is cute. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> She's got some thing with her mother. Who knows what's going on with her? <laughs> Don't let anybody kid you. It's tough. Yeah, my wife started getting at me about the lawn today. <laughs> okay, let me just clarify. He's, like, at this party that he and Elaine and Jerry are all at. They're, like, I don't know. They're, like, watching a race or something? I don't know. I could... They're watching the end of the uh, marathon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's, like, a it's a party with, like, a bunch of people, and George is just talking to every, like, single woman there about how about how married he is. And, and every single woman is super into him. Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play like the montage of like him talking oh. to women. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's one thing after another. Right? Is she here? I uh, no no she's working. What does she do? She's an entomologist. Uh, you know, uh, bees, flies, gnats. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what about you? I work for the director of Madison Square Garden. 
It's great. I can get free tickets to any sporting event in New York. <laughs> anyway, she's a very lucky woman. Enjoy the race. But I'm sorry. I just, I don't see the big deal about being a matador. <laughs> I mean, the bull charges, you move the cape. What's so hot? <laughs> so, uh, are you really married? Because I've actually heard of single guys who wear wedding bands to attract women. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to be a real loser to try something like that. That's too bad, because I really have a thing for bald guys with glasses. <laughs> been able to be with just one person. I can, however, carry on strictly physical relationships which can last for years and years. It's a shame you're married. Um, I'm not. Um, it's, it's just a sociological experiment. Please. <laughs> okay, so that was George hitting on women while pretending to be married. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine having a reaction like that to a a man who was telling me about his marriage. Yeah, why is this party full of awful women? Yeah, women who just do not respect monogamy at all, I guess. I mean, not everyone's monogamous, but, like, respect people who are. Yeah. Seems I pretty mean, basic. Yeah, it just felt like... This is so unrealistic. It's, I don't know. It's I get, funny. Like, it is definitely funny, but it's just yeah. like. For, I don't know why I can't suspend my disbelief for TV shows, but I really, it just bothers me when things on TV shows or, or sitcoms are so unrealistic and just, like, that would absolutely never happen. <laughs> yeah. I don't I know can't. why, but I just can't, I can't deal with that i mean if you like went to very specific corners of the internet to say that you're married and hit on women that would work but like just in in life at a party and you just go around telling women how married you are like that's not gonna score you any v yeah pretty much 99 and a half percent of the population are not into that yeah i would i would say for sure, like, that's probably an accurate summation. Like, if anything, you would have to, like, like, the other way around, if you were married and acted like you weren't, then maybe you would get some, Yeah, but... that's even kind of almost creepier. Oh, it definitely is creepier, but I'm just saying, like, that would work so much better than not being married and pretending to be, like... It was a bad... I And I get why it's funny to do it this way. It's definitely funnier to do it this way than a realistic way, but... Yeah. If any dudes are watching this and thinking that this is a realistic good thing to do, it's not gonna work at all. Please know that this only works for Peter blah blah blah, whatever. Peter Melman. First episode of TV. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, I get the joke, but it's it's not... Please don't try this at home, folks. It's not gonna work. <laughs> This is dangerous. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna... We've got, like, less than a minute left on this this video. Okay. You have no idea what an idiot is. 
Elaine just gave me a chance to get out, and I didn't take it. This is an idiot. Is that right? I just threw away a lifetime of guilt-free sex and floor seats for every sporting event in Madison Square Garden. So please, a little respect. For I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiots. But suddenly, a new contender has emerged. That's so mean. Don't say that Elaine's an idiot. Wait, that wasn't Elaine. That was someone else, wasn't it? No, that's definitely Elaine. Oh. I thought that was some random woman. No. But I also thought that was a really weird end to their joke. Yeah, it, I feel like they should have ended on the, like, Lord of the Idiots thing and just let it be. Yeah. But that might just be because I'm fiercely protective of Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> I love her. She's the best. She is. But, uh, yeah, also I feel like it might be a little bit delusional of George to think that these women actually were, like, really definitely going to have a lifetime of sex with him and give him, like, sporting yeah. tickets. Like, uh, they were probably just, like, kind of flirting for fun. I doubt that that would have actually become a reality. Yeah. But I guess that is how dudes view the world. Yeah, you know what? Maybe the show is, like, it's showing not the reality necessarily, but the reality that these people are viewing, if that makes sense. Like, George thinks that everyone is so into him and so in love with him, whereas that's just his, his way of interpreting reality that may not necessarily be true. Does that make uh, any yeah. sense at all? Like, yeah, like, we're viewing it sort of through George's lens, and yeah, objectively. Like, like, they probably were just like, oh, hey, cool, I work for the, for the, oh, I forgot the name of the... Madison Square Garden. Martin, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really interesting theory, and I like it. I think that works. If we are, yeah, reviewing this That would this make through... me a lot less annoyed about almost every plot point. Yeah, definitely, if we're, like, viewing it through, like, their fucked up viewpoint. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. It definitely makes more sense than any other explanation, so. I'm rolling with it. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, do you have any final thoughts on this episode, in general? Um, my major thoughts are, I want Kramer's shirts, their rent is ridiculous, and all the female background characters have absolutely no personality and are so poorly written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely so far in the entire series, um, Elaine is the only sort of even remotely developed female character. Yeah. Which happens when no, you have a show run by a bunch of men. Yeah, she's just like a foil to Jerry, basically. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I have less to say about this episode than I have for a lot of episodes. Um, I mean, it was well-received by critics, and I understand that. Like, it was entertaining and pretty funny, but I just, yeah, I didn't feel like there was a lot of huge stuff happening. Yeah, it wasn't really, it didn't really move a plot point along or anything. Yeah, it was was entertaining for what it was. Um, Let's talk fashion real quick. I honestly don't think... I mean, you said you noticed Kramer's shirts. The only thing that stood out to me in this entire episode was George's orange sweater that he wore to that party. 
I thought oh. he wore this like kind of loose like knit sweater that I thought was really cute. Um, but even Elaine didn't really have anything going on that I was impressed by. Yeah, nothing is really very memorable. Yeah, it's stuff wasn't like too '90s terrible. Um, George is still the best one in terms mm. of, in my opinion, George is still the best one. Um, yeah, he's definitely the least insufferable of all the guys. Yeah. Um, his sweater was good. Elaine was sort of wearing some more, like, pantsuit, low ponytail stuff, like usual. Not yeah, bad, but not really notable. Her hair's pretty weird in the first few seasons. The 90s, man. Early 90s, late 80s were just, like, a bad time for... For hair and for women in for general. For everything. Um, Jerry <laughs> still is wearing terrible clothes. More and just still more, like terrible t-shirts and dad jeans oh so many dad jeans and like new balance sneakers and like hair that is uncomfortably like shaggy yeah it's it's like it's too long to be short but it's too short to be long and it just looks bad yeah exactly (laughs) um but yeah that's kind of all i got out of the episode um anything else No, that was a pretty basic episode, I guess. Alright, well, to close this out, I did say last episode that if you rate and reviewed me on iTunes, that I would rate and review you (laughs) on the show. I got two new reviews on iTunes since the last episode. One is from Ms. B2B. I know who that is. I am going to rate her five stars because she is very sweet and confident and intuitive and encouraging. And those are all things I very much value in a person. Can I add that I back up everything that you've just said because she's a very cool person? Yes. Um, double, Double five stars. Ten stars. Ten out of five. <laughs> Ten out of five stars. Uh, my other review was from Greggy, who does the podcasts are wonderful podcast, who, which I have mentioned before. It's a very, very good show, and you should watch or not watch it. You should listen to it. It's amazing because it's very funny. Um, Greggy gave me a very nice review, and I will also give Greggy five stars because he's very funny and nice, and his show is very good. I'll give him five stars also, and then an extra five because he raised cool children, so that's ten out of five as well. Also, yes, Greg is a good dad, and his kids are very funny. Well, I get a review because I rated you on uh, SoundCloud. Oh, yeah, you did give me a comment. Uh, Annie, I give you 11 stars out of five. (laughs) Thank you for being on the the show. That's the best I've ever done on anything. Um, do you have anything that you would like to plug or promote? Any social media, anything you, any projects, anything you thought was cool and you want people to check out? Um, watch, uh, Seinfeld on Hulu. (laughs) Um, I don't really have anything. I mean, follow me on Twitter if you know who I am, but if you don't, don't feel obligated. (laughs) Do you want to throw your Twitter out there? Oh, should I? That feels self-indulgent. Do it if you want to. Okay, it's Annie Sim 13 because 
you need a number to be anyone. Annie's very good on Twitter. I will vouch for that. Well, it's hit and miss. Well, I mean, all of Twitter is, but then you can go back and delete all the misses, so it's all hits. Yeah, but I don't. I do. <laughs> I have a lot of misses. Okay, right, well, follow Annie on Twitter. I actually on Twitter too. She's that's uh, that's how we became friends. We did meet each other through Twitter. Isn't um, that weird? Isn't modern era weird? It is so weird, because you're, like, one of my very good friends now, but I met you through Twitter. I know, like, a very random circumstance. <laughs> I love the internet. Um, what do I want to plug this week? Uh, watch Cutthroat Kitchen and Good Eats on Netflix, both of Alton <laughs> Brown's shows. I second that. Very, very good stuff. Um... Yo, Alton Brown, if oh, you want to be a guest on this show, hit me up. Yeah, and if you know Alton Brown, give him a good word about me. because No, I me. Or both of us, maybe. Oh, you know what? That could be fun. <laughs> hmm. Okay, I guess I'm willing to try things. <laughs> Alright, um, that I think is all that we have. Um... Remember to rate and review the show on iTunes. Um, leave me comments on SoundCloud. I am going, I'm creating a email account for the show, which is, I mean, I don't know if it'll get any traction, but if you do have any suggestions or listener questions you want to submit, or maybe you just want to tell someone about your day, I'll probably respond. And that's WineCallPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, rate and re if you rate and review on iTunes, I will rate and review you on the show. That is all I've got. Thank you, friends, for tuning in. Thank you, Annie, for being my guest. Thank you for having me. It was an immense pleasure. It was delightful. Well, we will see you... Whenever I get around to doing another episode. <laughs> Goodbye, friends.